Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. In a way, it's very flattering when people looking at what I do call me brave. I don't think about myself as brave. I don't think about what I'm doing as brave because I'm just simply doing what I believe in. And in a way, the fact it's characterized as brave is indicative of how many people aren't. That categorization is a function of if many more of us were doing what we really believed and therefore standing up, speaking out, and having the freedom to shake off social conditioning, societal constraints, then we would all be brave. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Do you do work in regulated industries? We do. Some of the ones that are regulated shouldn't be regulated, in my opinion. And then others that aren't regulated probably should be like my coffee intake, for example. But <laughs> actually, I don't want it regulated. Let's just strike that from the record. How about yourself, Rach? Yeah. I mean, if we consider alcohol regulated industries, you know, especially yeah. in the US, absolutely. We do a ton of work. Pharma, we do a ton of work. And then me, Rachel Tippergraff, as an advisor, you know, I do a lot of advising work with with cannabis companies. So I like how you said me, Rachel Tippergraff, like yeah. you're talking in the third person. Well, we I, I want to make sure I'm not, I'm not representing Micmac in this, you know? <laughs> me, Sarah Hofstetter, very angry. Me, Sarah Hofstetter, <laughs> very thirsty. <gasps> me, Sarah Hofstetter, needing some regulated product right now. Yeah, please, um, please send her. <laughs> The interesting thing about regulated industries is that it's so hard to reach consumers. And as a result, you often have to be really creative to work around the system. Yeah, because if you start working with the system, you've got so much in terms of disclaimers and hyper segmentation that makes it tough. I mean, we see this, let's say, with retail media and alcohol, right? The creativity that is required to work around the system for retail media for alcohol brands in the U.S. is... It's kind of a joke relative to how easy it is to buy it in other forms of media. So I think like that in and of itself is just kind of silly where just because the tech exists to protect it from its own self doesn't mean it's necessarily the right thing to do. And, and tech becomes overly over-regulating the over-regulated, it ends up 
just making it really hard to get shit done. Totally agree. It's an opportunity for lawyers to make lots of money. Always. Who better to be at the forefront of navigating regulated tech than Cindy Gallup? Sarah, she's a friend of yours and I'm jealous. I've been a fan from afar and I got to tell her that on the show. But, you know, she's facing a lot of regulation as she brings to market and has been for the last 13 years a game-changing proposition for sex tech. Yeah, she is definitely a character. What she claims for herself is that she is the the Michael Bay of business because she likes to blow shit up, which she most certainly does. But I think what's really most impressive to me about her is her grit when it comes to specifically trying to break down those perception barriers when it comes to sex tech and especially working with tech companies. Absolutely. Well, on that note, let's bring Cindy onto the show. Cindy Gallup, founder and CEO of Make Love Not Porn, and also a freaking legend. Cindy, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. The backstory to how we were able to convince Cindy to join the podcast is indeed I bumped into each other a couple of weeks ago in Heathrow and we were talking about the podcast and I realized that you actually are embodiment of bravery and commerce. So these are two things you might know a thing or two about. So let's start with bravery. Can you uh, educate our listeners about Make Love Not Born? Sure. So I have a business that is an accident because I didn't intentionally set out to do anything I very bizarrely find myself doing now. I date younger men. They tend to be in their 20s. And about 14, 15 years ago, I began realizing through dating younger men that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex in the real world, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And so as a naturally action-oriented person, I went, I'm going to do something about this. So 13 years ago, I put up a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. It was about porn world versus real world. I launched at TED in 2009. I gave a mildly notorious TED talk that went viral and it drove an extraordinary global response, which made me realize I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. So I turned Make Love Not Porn into a business designed to do good and make money simultaneously. We are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. We are the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated, social sex video sharing platform. So we're what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it sadly does not. We're socializing sex normalizing it, making it easier for everyone to talk about, to promote consent, communication, good sexual values, and good sexual behavior. And the way to think about us is, if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the badly needed real-world documentary. So we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolution part is not the sex, it's the fact we're making it social. What I love about everything that you said is that you didn't even say a damn thing about what you were busy doing when you had this happy accident. So take us back just one chapter before, like what was your job before you figured out that there was an opportunity here? Sure. So my background is 37 years working in brand building, marketing, and advertising. In fact, 
when Make Love Not Porn kind of bubbled out of the ether, um, as it were, I was actually working on my first startup, If We Ran the World, which was, again, all about doing good and making money simultaneously. I had to back burner that when Make Love Not Porn blew up. But also, alongside of all of this, I was and continue to, you know, consult and speak. And I think Make Love Not Porn is very emblematic of the fact that Anyone who follows me knows that my LinkedIn bio, my Twitter tagline is, I like to blow shit up. I'm the Michael Bay of business. And so I was just continuing to do that, but obviously in a whole different area. I love your energy. I feel a connection to you, even though I don't know you as deeply as Sarah does. I've only been a fan from afar. We would love to hear in your very, very brave business, what is the commerce part? How do you think about your business model and how do you make money? Sure. And Rachel, this is so relevant. I mean, I was ecstatic when Sarah kind of invited me onto your podcast because this is a chance to talk about something that actually your audience really needs to hear. So when I came up with the idea for Make Love Not Porn, I deliberately designed it around a revenue sharing business model to democratize access to income. So I foresaw the crater economy 13 years ago. Make Love Not Porn operates a revenue share model where our members pay to subscribe, rent and stream social sex videos. And 50% of that revenue then goes to our contributors, whom we like to call our make love, not porn stars. The reason the world of commerce is so enormously relevant to what I'm doing is, what I'm doing sounds very simple, but I have fought a battle every day for the past 13 years to build this business and keep it operational. And that is because Every piece of business infrastructure, other tech startups get to take for granted. We can't, the small print always says no adult content. And this is all pervasive across every single area of the business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. So separate to the fact that, you know, I have challenges getting funded, getting banked. In a commerce context, my biggest day-to-day -day challenge is payments. PayPal won't work with us. You know, Stripe can't, mainstream credit card processors won't. But it's not just that. Every tech service I need to use to operate my video streaming e-commerce platform, the terms of service always say no adult content. In every case, I've had to go to people at the top of the company, explain what we're doing, beg to be allowed to use their service. Sometimes they let me, sometimes they don't. It's a very labor-intensive process. And what I want everyone to understand is that this is so wrong-headed because I designed Make Love Not Porn through the female lens to be the safest place on the internet. Because I designed Make Love Not Porn around what everyone else should have, nobody else did, human curation. There is no self-publishing of anything on Make Love Not Porn. Our curators watch every video submitted from beginning to end before we approve or reject and we publish it. No one else does that. We review every post on every member profile before we approve and publish. Every comment on every video before we approve and publish. And what that means is we are a no-risk venture in what is deemed a high-risk category. And so if the world of commerce would just understand and welcome us in, oh my God, we could all be making so much more money. I have so much to unpack from what you just said, but as you were talking, and I'm sure this story obviously hit the cultural zeitgeist in a big way with Hulu's promotion of the television show Pam and Tommy, porn created streaming video. And because of 
how much regulation in it there is. Creativity obviously forces people to think about how do we get around the system that then impacts the broader ecosystem. So it's so interesting for you to say how right now the industry is being kept out of the mainstream when it actually created the mainstream. No, you're absolutely right, Rachel. And I do just want, though, to create a separation. So you're absolutely right in that porn operated on the cutting edge of everything digital, mm -hmm. everything to do with the internet back in the day. The pace of change in Silicon Valley has overtaken the porn industry. Mm. Okay. So the porn industry now is playing key part because that is no longer the case. Mm. At the same time, what I'm doing is I am pioneering a category called social sex. I am a sex tech venture. Hmm. And by the way, I literally wrote the definition of sex tech hmm. because eight years ago, I decided I was going to have to legitimize my own category. And so I defined it. I wrote the definition of sex tech. If you Google sex tech, I'm result one on page one. And sex exactly. tech is any form of technology or tech venture designed to innovate, disrupt, and enhance in any area of human sexuality and human sexual experience. And the interesting thing there is that, again, legislation and regulations have not kept up with that. Mm -hmm. Because I am one of many female founders bringing the badly needed female lens to sexual health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And we're coming up against all of the regulations that were put in place for porn. The answer to all of this is not to censor, clamp down, block, repress. Mm -hmm. It is instead to open up. Open up to welcoming, supporting, and funding entrepreneurs like me who want to disrupt all of this for the better. And open up to letting us do business the same way everybody else does. And by the way, when you do that, you completely transform the landscape of what is deemed adult. Mm -hmm. I like to repurpose in this context Wayne LaPierre of the NRA's infamous gun control quote, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a business is a good guy with a better business. And that's what I'm doing. Mm. No, I, I love it. It is so powerful. And I mean, as you know, the TAM opportunity is endless. Oh, and my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And, and, sorry, Rachel, can I just um, respond to you? That, that, that's yes. a fantastic point you just made because... The way I put it to investors, and, and you know, I'm raising funding for Make Love Not Porn right now, is, oh my God, the money's made out of sex. But out of two areas, the second one which no one ever thinks about because no one even thinks it's possible. So the first area is obviously the money made out of sex, generally. We all have it. We all enjoy it. By the way, especially right now in the downturn, recession-proof, the market never goes away. I was just thinking that. I was but like, oh, man, I, you know, if I only sold into this industry. But, but the second area is, oh, my God, the money to be made out of socially acceptable sex. Because when you do what Make Love Not Porn is doing, socialize and normalize all of this, you then normalize people feeling really okay about publicly buying your goods, products, and services, and then publicly doing what they do with everything else. Recommend, review, share advocate and publicly badge themselves as brand ambassadors. That's the trillion dollar financial future I'm going after. It's amazing. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? 
We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Is there any tech platforms that have been good partners to the industry? Quite frankly, no. Hmm. I'm going to correct myself. Very interestingly, when I was building Make Love Not Porn, this is 11, 12 years ago, as I said, everything tech service-wise is a problem. And so when it came to hosting, Amazon would not touch us with a barge pole. Mm. Today, Amazon Web Services welcome us in. AWS now hosts Make Love Not Porn. They are working with us brilliantly. They love us. Our CTO has a fantastic relationship. And that is something that is wonderful to see, that over the years, AWS has absolutely changed their stance on this. I think that's pretty telling because Amazon is usually first and you see the rest follow. Yeah. Yeah. So fingers crossed. I want to pick up on your whole uh, sex being recession proof. So you, you mentioned you're raising money and uh, you had some very interesting insight into how you're targeting investors. I think it'll be a good opportunity for you to share this with our audience, A, because many of us are in the targeting business and also because you're taking a very non-traditional approach, which is pretty much your own. You're absolutely right. So, and in fact, while I have to take a, a very particular approach, I actually recommend that other entrepreneurs and other people targeting generally think about it like this as well. Here's my challenge for Make Love Not Porn. I know that my investors are out there. There are a ton of them. They are impossible to find by the usual means because they all have one thing in common. Your willingness to fund Make Love Not Porn is entirely a function of your personal sexual journey. It is a function of your personal lens on sex and sexuality, driven by your own experience. And I have no way to research and target for that, especially because sex is the one area where you cannot tell from the outside what anybody thinks on the inside. The people who look like they would totally get it, don't. The people who look like complete prudes do. And so my strategy for finding investors has been, I put what I'm doing out there all the time. I promote Make Love Not Porn across all my social channels. I do every media interview I'm invited to. I go on every podcast because I have to rely on making synaptic connections happen. Wait, 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 wait. Hmm. When I asked you to be on our yeah. podcast, yeah. I thought I, I didn't realize you were so promiscuous about your... Uh... <laughs> Your, your 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 media prowessness and now i find out you're you're a podcast prostitute so i don't know how i'm feeling about this right oh, now oh no no i don't know i'm second oh, no, but sarah, second this whole thing. sarah your podcast is special because actually to be perfectly honest i'm thrilled to be here because we are speaking to what i don't get as much to speak to which is a business audience and that is who I absolutely want to talk to, because for me, it's all about making those synaptic connections that will draw those investors to me. And actually, to pick up on that business point, the interesting thing is, so this is a very long, slow, painful and inefficient process, but it works. And it's especially been working in the past year or so because I've been gobsmacked by how effective LinkedIn is in this context. So I am putting out there on LinkedIn, the fact that I'm raising funding, what I'm raising funding for, making the business case to make love, not porn. And I've been blown away by the ton of incoming investor interest that I've gained from LinkedIn, which is fantastic. And so 
that to me is a very good sign because I've spent 13 years parallel pathing two things, working to build Make Love Not Porn and working to change the business and cultural context around it. Because when you have a truly world-changing startup, you have to change the world to fit it, not the other way around. And I'm seeing that work pay off. I know the day will happen where a Loomiscape comes out for sex tech oh, and your logo will be all over it. You bloody bet. Absolutely. It hundred percent will. You know, as the world becomes more fluid because of the next generation, like the tides will begin to turn. And I think the, the market trends will play in your favor. We sadly have to ask you our famous last question that we could hear you go on about this forever because it's so exciting and transformational. What is the bravest thing that you've ever done? Here's the interesting thing about that question. I'm regularly asked questions in the same vein as that one, different ones, things like, Cindy, how did you get to be so confident? Or what turned you into an activist? And, and my point is always, none of these are words that I use to describe myself. And so I would not describe anything I'm doing as brave because from my perspective, all I'm doing is I'm living and working my values. I am turning things that I believe in into businesses. You know, Make Love Not Porn is absolutely the encapsulation of, I designed many of my own beliefs and philosophies into it. And so in a way, it's very flattering when people looking at what I do call me brave. I don't think about myself as brave. I don't think about what I'm doing as brave because I'm just simply doing what I believe in. And in a way, the fact it's characterized as brave is indicative of how many people aren't. That categorization is a function of if many more of us were doing what we really believed and therefore standing up, speaking out and having the freedom to shake off social conditioning, societal constraints, then we would all be brave. Well, Cindy, this was such an amazing opportunity to be able to connect with you and hear how you are creating market forces in an industry that needs someone like you to advocate for positive change. Folks who lead platforms, I hope you can get in touch with Cindy, because as you heard, she's operating in a highly regulated industry, but she has a product that is as safe as humanly possible to create the change that the industry needs to see. Thank you for your time. Thrilled to be here. And again, so happy that you wanted to have this conversation when so many people won't. So all kudos to you for being brave enough to invite me on and have the discussion. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming centre stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.